On average, one in ten people will experience some type of paranormal phenomena within their lifetime. Today, I'm going to bring you five more such tales. One. I have to say that I love a good horror movie and whatnot, but have been a little bit dubious about ghosts and hauntings. That is, until my now ex-husband and I moved into a new house. We shall call him John for the purpose of this story. We lived in a small town in the tropics, and the houses generally have the same sort of look, except for the house we decided to rent while ours was being built. It was unusual. A definite triangular shape, where the roof touched the ground and met in a point at the top, like a teepee. It appeared to be very, very old, and had probably been renovated at some point. The day we moved in, I was in the kitchen unpacking, while John was moving things from our previous home. Directly above me was one of two bedrooms, which sat to the right at the top of the stairs. As I was unpacking, I heard several doors slam above me. I knew the windows were open up there, so I didn't think anything of it until I heard the squeaks of the door closers. You know, the little plastic things that hold old doors closed. Then, I heard doors slamming again. I knew there were four cupboard doors in that bedroom, and when I counted, it definitely more than four doors slammed again, and then the closers were being worked open. I got a bit freaked out, so I went outside and waited for John to return. When we got back, of course, he thought it was the wind. We decided to investigate and let the dog in with us. She happily ran ahead of us up to the top of the stairs, and when she got to the top, she suddenly stopped and whimpered, tail between her legs and head cowering. This wasn't like her at all. We went up to the bedroom and went in, and saw that all four cupboard doors were closed. But then noticed what we hadn't seen before. All the doors had latches, and all of them were in the locked position. Needless to say, my husband didn't believe what I said I had heard. A few months later, John and I were eating dinner at the dining table, and I felt something brushing against the back of my neck. This time I did think it was the wind, as my back was to the window. But then, when I rubbed the back of my neck and looked up at John, he turned white. He said little balls of light were floating around my head. He also said that while he'd been in the kitchen on a few different occasions, the same little balls of light have floated around him. Later, friends were to tell us these were called orbs. Instances started becoming more and more frequent, such as doors slamming in the bedrooms upstairs, hearing footsteps running back and forth. We began to wonder if it was our minds playing tricks on us until a friend was visiting one night and heard a definite slam and heavy footsteps running from one room to the other. He got frightened and left. Sometimes the dog, who slept at the bottom of the stairs, would suddenly look up to the top of the stairs and stare and growl, and the brushes on the back of my neck at the dining table became more frequent and turned into a feeling of a weight pushing down on my head. One night I had the couch folded out and the dog laying next to me. I was sitting on the bed patting her when in the corner of my eye a large shadow moved around towards me from the left. As I looked to my husband to alert him, an enormous weight pushed down heavily on my head as I called to him. His face went white. My dog looked up at me barking, and suddenly the weight came off, and this bright orb appeared in front of me, suspended there for a few seconds. It hovered around up and down from the ceiling to the floor, then went out of the door and disappeared. Even the dog was following the movement of this orb. This scared the absolute crap out of us. This all happened while I was heavily pregnant, and we realised these things became more frequent as I moved along in my pregnancy. After the baby was born, my mum came to visit, and only having two bedrooms, she slept in that room. We didn't tell her what had been happening, as she believes in these sorts of things. 
One morning, she said she felt like someone had moved the blankets back and got into bed with her. She had felt someone press up against her. We didn't tell her about the room until after she left. The baby wouldn't sleep without us being in our room with him, and would wake in sudden fright sometimes. Even the dog began to sleep in there with us. Things carried on, but not as aggressively after we decided to talk to it, telling the thing that, we're only renting here, this is your house, we're building our own, and we'll soon be out, and it'll be your house again. After we moved out, the neighbour had approached me at the supermarket. He informed me the new neighbours in the house had decided to all sleep in the rumpus room downstairs, as their daughter had awoken several times to a man standing in her room at the foot of her bed staring at her, and the cupboards would open and close slamming. He had never believed us until these new neighbours had questioned whether he had heard anything from previous tenants about ghosts in the house. He told them the things we had told him, and they promptly moved out. He would later tell us that he sometimes saw someone moving about in that room often, which looked down onto his backyard, but he thought it was just one of us moving around in there without the lights on. Two. This is my true account of strange events that happened to me one November day in 1969. At that time, I was a respected RAC patrolman. In those days, the uniform we wore was very smart, complete with a peaked cap. I worked in Devon, covering quite a large area, starting in Exmouth, travelling east to Sidmouth, and then on to the Dorset town of Seaton, north to Honiton, then Exeter, and back to Exmouth. That particular day, I'd left Sidmouth and was heading towards Seaton. The time was about half twelve. I had sandwiches, a flask of coffee, and decided to stop for my lunch. On this main road, I had seen an old wooden sign pointing down to a sign road. It read, Blackberry Castle, Prehistoric Hill Fort. I thought, that'd be a nice place to have my lunch. So I turned my van off the main road and headed for Blackberry Castle. The road twisted and turned, getting quite narrow as it climbed upwards. It eventually levelled off, but then I came to a gate across the road, blocking any further progress. I turned the van round to face the way I'd come and parked up. Getting out of my van and turning to my right, an expanse of tall, slender bare trees which were spread quite wide apart. On the far side of these trees appeared to be a drop. It was deathly quiet, with not even a breath of wind. Above the trees, a total grey November sky. This gave the place a rather eerie feel. I decided to cross through the trees to see if the fort was on the other side. A small embankment, or mound, led to the woodland floor. This was covered in dead leaves from the empty branches above. Walking across them, the silence was broken as my boots crunched into the foliage. On reaching the other side, and after climbing another embankment, I found a field sloping steeply away below me, but still no sign of the fort. The silence had returned as I turned to survey the woodland. It was at that moment I realised the trees were a sort of oval arrangement. It also dawned on me that the embankment surrounded the trees, and that every so often there was a gap in the grassy mounds. I almost wanted to laugh out loud at my own stupidity. I'd been looking for a proper fort, but the word I'd forgotten was prehistoric. I was standing on the hill fort, a fort from a time when men used earth mounds as defences of their home, and the gaps were entrances. All at once it made sense. As I turned to my right, looking towards the other side of this fort, I heard a slight whooshing sound from behind me, then a solid thump. I spun round in time to see a thick branch of wood, which was still rolling down from where it landed just four or five feet from me. At first I thought it must have fallen from a tree above, 
but with not a breath of wind, that seemed very unlikely. Could it be some kids hiding behind the trees, having thrown it? My eyes scanned the thin trees, but they were too slender to hide behind. Whoosh. Thump. Another log hit the ground. Once again close to me. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up, and a shiver went through my body. I was certain if a person had thrown that one, I would have seen them. They would need to be close enough to avoid hitting other trees, which would have meant exposing themselves to me. Also, the logs were not small. Someone throwing it would have made some sound stepping on leaves, plus the effort it would have taken to hurl such an object couldn't be done silently. At that moment, I felt real fear. My eyes had penetrated every part of the trees, and I was convinced there was no living being present. I decided it was best to leave this place as soon as possible. I started back, crunching across the dead leaves as I left, but after two or three strides, another log hit the ground. I faltered for a second and looked back. There was no person in any direction. I picked up my pace, but before I could reach my van, two more logs had missed me by inches. Approaching the vehicle, I fumbled to get my keys from my pocket. I realised I hadn't bothered to lock the door, so I just jumped in. My heart was beating like a hammer. As the engine burst to life, I looked towards the thin trees, and not a soul was to be seen. But even as I hurriedly moved away, there was a loud bang on the roof of the van, closely followed by another. As I looked in the wing mirror, I saw a log fall from the van roof. I didn't stop for probably two or three miles, where I met a main road again. I turned off the engine and just sat there for a few minutes. I tried to cover my nerves and thoughts. Was it for real? Had that just really happened? I tried to rationalise everything, going over it slowly in my mind. At that moment, I needed to prove it to myself. I climbed out and surveyed the roof of the van. There before me were two quite distinct dents, where logs thrown by unseen hands had landed. A total of seven logs were thrown at me. While coming close, none actually hit me. So could it have been just to scare me away? I don't suppose I will ever know, but if that was the purpose, it certainly had the desired effect. Three. When I was about 10 or 11 years old, I lived in a beautiful house with my parents and my little brother. This house was newly built, so there wasn't any previous owners to know anything about paranormal activity or deaths on the property. So, one summer night, I left my window open due to me not having an air conditioner, and I heard this very loud, husky voice speak to me very inaudibly. It was about two in the morning. Amused, I looked out the window and saw no one there. I remember thinking I was just dreaming. The next day, I woke up very late in the afternoon in the hospital. My parents said that they had found me unconscious outside on the lawn at 2.15 after hearing a loud bang. The bang they'd heard was me jumping off the shed. The funny thing is, is that there was no way to get on the roof of the shed without a ladder, and we didn't have one. After hearing that, I told them what I'd heard, and they didn't believe me. They said I was making it up to cover the fact I tried to kill myself, which I know is absolute bull. So I went home a week later and was put on meds. That night, I awoke not being able to breathe. My brother, who was eight at the time, came to my room because he had heard noises. He walked in and screamed intruder. My parents rushed in, but whatever he had seen was gone. My parents were so angry thinking I was staging something. Two nights later, I heard a low, inaudible voice. It was like in a movie when a bomb explodes next to the person and they become partly deaf. My parents got up 
and came into my room with my brother, all covering their ears. They heard it too. They walked in and were trying to talk to each other, but no one could hear anything but that stupid and audible voice. They sat down on my bed and my door slammed shut. The voice stopped and everything went eerily quiet. My dad opened the door and everything in the house had been moved by two inches. We moved out of that house three days later. I haven't had anything happen since and I'm 21. That's the scariest thing that ever happened to me. Ever. My family is still so freaked out that we don't talk about it. After I asked if they remembered last year, my mum burst into tears and my dad just yelled at me. I swear I will never go to that house ever again. I used to babysit at this really nice house that was about a 30 minute drive from the nearest town. 15 of those miles were on random gravel roads, so it was pretty isolated. A well-known billionaire in the community built the house when he started making his money. He was a really tough guy who basically put his business before his wife and family. Later on in life, as his health was declining, he began to regret that. It was too late though, he had burned bridges with most of his children. Anyway, he died, and I shit you not, he was haunting the house he built. I was at this house at least a couple of times a week, and really freaky stuff started happening as soon as he died. The dog, who was usually pretty calm, refused to come inside for weeks, and would just run around the house in a panic. He'd stand outside the window of an empty room, and just bark and growl like crazy. The family's two-year-old started saying that he was scared all the time, and would get up in the middle of the night to check on his baby brother. He had never done that before. There were two things that really scared me though. The first of these was one night when it was really late, probably about 2am, and the phone started ringing, but not in the normal way, like it was a constant ring instead of a ring and then a pause. When I tried to answer it, there was just this clicking noise, and as soon as I hung up, it'd start again. The screen on the phone didn't change either. It didn't register that there was an incoming call at all. It just kept displaying the time and the number of missed calls. I had to go and manually turn the ring volume off on each phone so it wouldn't wake the boys up. The second one was when I heard something in the main living room and assumed that the older boy had just woken up. As I was getting up to go check, I heard a crash, and when I got there, a tall vase holding some fake plants was on the ground and there was nobody else in the room. Both boys were asleep in bed, and the dog was locked in the garage. I know it kind of sounds ridiculous, but these things legitimately happened. And even if the house isn't haunted, the way I felt when I was in there would have had me convinced that it was. I have never felt so on edge in my life. It's like I couldn't relax. I finally started having even my boyfriend or my best friend come with me. They both felt the same way about that place too. Five. It all started when I was a little kid. My mum and dad had a massive three-storey house in the country, and me and my twin sister had the whole top floor attic conversion to ourselves. We had two double beds, a sofa, a TV, and a wide area to play with our Barbies and other toys. My parents' house was surrounded by trees and forests. I think the nearest neighbours were about 15 minutes away, and they had a huge farm that we also loved to play in. I think it started when I was around 7 or 8. This is when I developed a habit of covering my whole body, head included, under the covers each night. 
Me and my sister had Velux windows in our attic, and I was laying in bed one night when a bright light shone through them. I looked over at my sister, and she was asleep. It was then that I remember seeing something in the room. It looked like a tiny child who was standing by our dresser. The child would come forward, and I'd just see these big eyes looking at me. Being so young at the time, I didn't realise what was going on, and I thought that everybody saw them. I tried to talk to my parents about it, but they said I was dreaming or that I imagined it. Each time it happened, my sister would be frozen in her bed and never moved. So flash forward until now. I'm 24 and living with my boyfriend in a block of flats. I didn't tell him about anything I've experienced. I didn't see those beings for a few years and I thought they were gone until the other night. I woke up in our bed and felt a familiar presence in the room. I saw a few of the childlike beings standing near the doorway. I saw one of the beings come towards the bed and yet again I was staring into those big black eyes. It didn't move its mouth, but something came in my head telling me not to be scared. I talked it over with my boyfriend and he thinks it's very weird. He believes me and has now taken to downloading this app on his phone that records while you're asleep and tells you if there's any movement. I'm terrified. I still sleep with my head under the covers and I thought moving would stop these night visits. I just want them to stop. I've now taken to sleeping or trying to nap during the day so I can be awake at night.